You are listening to the Rimmer for Lunch podcast. Hey, what's up? God bless you. We're back for another episode of Rimmer for Lunch. Listen, I know you're ready to eat because I'm ready to eat, right? So we're going to eat this meal called the Word of the Lord. I'm glad y'all listening with me. Thank you for listening. Thank you for coming. Hey, and share it with somebody if it's a blessing to you, all right? God bless you. Listen, the um, episode today um, is kind of an interesting episode dealing with content necessarily, but it's really interesting when it's dealing with um, a view of, of the word of God that a lot of us, let's just be honest, we don't necessarily view it this way. And it really, it really, takes, a, it really takes a mature uh, view of the word of God and the things of God for you to really grasp this uh, episode or this this teaching today. But I want to make sure that you understand that this is a very important episode. All of them are. Anything from the word of God is important. Let me go ahead and say that. Anything from God's word is important. But uh, this one today is really, really important because of the, the, the climate that we're in spiritually. Um, there is a lot of confusion, a lot of uh, uh, frustration, irritation, and things like that happening around us in the world. And um, there's a lot of things happening also within what we like to call the body of Christ um, or the kingdom of God. And this particular episode is really a challenge. It's really a challenge to all of us to remain pure in our intentions and to remain pure in our walk with the Lord. Um, So basically the title of the episode is Helping My Haters. All right. Helping My Haters. Now, (laughs) if you um, if you're honest, you know, you really don't want to help your haters. That's just that's just the natural way of things that's just the natural way that we are with our time with our life with our emotions if a person has set themselves against you if a person has set themselves against um your progress your process and your prosperity uh and you being all that you can be in life and in the will of god normally what we do we categorize them as haters we call them haters they put you know that's a that's a term that came from the streets they you know player haters you know um and we just took the player part off and we just call them haters (laughs) but um when we're talking about haters nobody likes haters let's just be for real nobody likes haters you know we, we and the reason we don't number one is because we don't understand if you if you like me you don't understand why they hate <laughs> like, like i don't un- i don't understand why you got something against me so bad i don't understand why you have a problem with what what i'm doing i don't understand why you seem to be so obsessed with uh you know what i what i'm doing in 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 the things of god what i'm doing in life um where i work you know what 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 i do with my time what kind of car i drive you know who i spend my time with who my girlfriend is my boyfriend you know all of these different things all of us if we're honest we're like why do you have such an issue and the the other thing that gets me is how you got so much time to do that you know my time my my days 
days, my time is consumed with so much. It feels like I have so much I have to accomplish. I have so much to do with the assignment and with the things God has given me and the 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 the, uh, the opportunities God has placed in my hand. And I'm already a bad procrastinator as it is. <laughs> so, you know, I don't I don't even find time. Like I don't even have the time. So so you know, it make you ask questions like like what's what what am I doing that's so important for you to pause your day or pause your time to find time to hate on what I got going on. And yeah, when we talk about haters, it's always a negative kind of tone to it, right? Nobody likes haters. Let's just be for real. Raise your hands and be honest. All over the room, we don't like haters. We don't like haters because haters are always, they always seem to be set against what it is that God is doing in your life. Not, and, and like I said, not just in a natural standpoint, but in a spiritual standpoint. Okay? With this episode, with this discussion, with this little talk we're going to have, we're actually speaking about um, haters as in, you know, in the spiritual context, okay? We're talking about people that have set themselves against you because of things that God is doing in your life, gifts that God has given you, things like that. And the, um, the, the scripture context that we're going to discuss this from one of the biblical, one of my favorite biblical characters, and I got a lot of favorites, but one of my favorite biblical characters is this young man in the Bible called, named Joseph. How many of y'all remember in Sunday school know about Joseph, right? Joseph is one of my favorites because everybody liked the underdog story, right? Everybody, everybody likes the underdog story because everybody know about the pit, right? Everybody know about, you know, the, the issues that he had with his brothers. Everybody know about him going, being sold into slavery. Everybody knows about him going from slavery then to prison and then from prison being elevated to second in charge in Egypt under Pharaoh. Um, and, you know, that that's the that's the the fast version, or should I say that's the that's the quick story walkthrough. But there are some important things that we've got to glean from this guy named Joseph. Okay? Some very important spiritual concepts and and thoughts that we have to pay attention to in the life of this guy Joseph. Number one. Um, you know, when, when we start off talking about Joseph, um, the, the story of Joseph starts out with his age. Uh, the Bible says he was 17 years old, uh, and he's working with his brothers. They're feeding the flocks and things like that. But his brothers have an issue with him. Why? Because Joseph's dad, Jacob, also called Israel, Jacob has favored him because the Bible says that Jacob favored Joseph because he was the son of his old age. Okay. Now 
this is something that Joseph didn't, you know, this is something Joseph that, that Joseph couldn't control, you know. Jacob had all those kids by um, Leah, you know, and by his different wives, Leah, Bila, you know, Zilpah, all of them, all those kids uh, up until Joseph, right? And then when Joseph comes along, you know, Joseph is actually... Um, the son of Rachel, which would happen to be Jacob's, do you know, Jacob's, I hate to say it like this, Lord, I, I hate, I hate this, but this was Jacob's favorite wife, okay? <laughs> now, in that culture, in that day, you know, they, they had more than one wife, they had concubines and things like that. Am I promoting that today? No, I am not. If you got sense, you'll get you one wife and you'll mind your business, okay? I don't know how these men of God was able to keep up with all these wives because, uh, anyway, uh, my suggestion to you is to take this uh, this story and glean from it from, <laughs> from the standpoint of understanding that that was their cultural thing. That's what they did. Those men, men in the Bible days, in the Old Testament, they had multiple wives. Like you see that all through the word. David had multiple wives. Um, um, Abram, Abraham, multiple wives. You know, Elkanah, he had Penina and he had, um, and he had Hannah. You know, a, a lot of those men, they had wives, they had concubines, all of that. Am I promoting that? No way, because God knows Dealing with one is enough. Amen. And I'm not even married. I'm just saying. So <clears throat> let's move on. Jacob favors Joseph because Joseph is the son of his old age. In other words, all the other kids, all the other, uh, all the other kids, you got, you know, Reuben, Gad, Judah, Zebulun, Naphtali, all of those, and, and I know I'm missing a few of them, but your references are in Genesis 37 um, and, and, and Genesis um, 36 and things like that. All of these young men are, are sons of his, I guess he was younger, you know, at the time, okay? And then we get to, um, then we get to Joseph, and later on, it would be Benjamin as well. These two are the sons of Rachel. Now, when I said that about Rachel being Jacob's favorite, because Jacob ended up being deceived when he tried to marry um, Rachel. Those of you that know the story, you know Jacob worked for Rachel that's who he wanted and his uncle deceived him and told him we don't marry the old, we don't marry the younger wife before the older wife so you don't worked all these years uh, if I'm not mistaken it's about about seven years 14 years something like that and he got Rachel I mean he got Leah first and then he, because he loved Leah so much, he came back and he worked for Laban, Uncle Laban, again. And he worked for him another length of time to um, finally marry the one that he wanted, which was Rachel. Okay? Um, so Joseph is favored. And when we say that he's favored, um, <clears throat> you know, his father, you know, made him a coat of many colors. Now, the significance of this um, is very, very 
profound because in that day, the the apparel of uh, the shepherds or the apparel of those that kept flocks and those that were descendants of Jacob, which were also descendants of Abraham and Isaac, um, you know, they wore, you know, garments that were just, you know, sheep herding or, or flock, uh, uh, sheep or flock. I can't get my words together. They wore garments that were becoming of those that kept sheep and that herded animals. And then when we talk about a coat of many colors, we're talking about a special coat. Um, it's not made like the other coats. It has um, different materials on it. It is handmade, um, and it is basically a sign of um of 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 favoritism to the other boys they see it and um the bible even says it in verse um four of chapter 37 they knew the brothers knew that their father loved joseph more than the rest of them and the bible says verse four the bible says they hated him and could not speak peaceably to him so even though Joseph is favored by his dad, he's hated by his brothers. Okay? Now, that's just a side, this is just a sidebar for parents. Your children can feel favoritism. Your children can see you favor and put more love on one child than the other. That's why, and I'm not, this is not a parenting class, and I'm not here to, you know, dabble in, in, in folks' family issues, but I will say this. Be careful with your, when you're, with your parenting because your children can see that you play favorites, and that can cause inner resentment within your kids. If they know that you um, are, are being favor, more favorable to one than the other, you let one do do more than the other you don't punish them you're always you know being more favorable to one those children can see that and they can feel that so that's just a you know that's just a little that's a sidebar okay but in the case of uh joseph you know joseph's joseph's a kid he's been favored since he came into the world okay so you know, he running around the yard with his coat of many colors. And I'm pretty sure the brothers is like, this dude, you know, like, here go this guy. You know what I'm saying? He's up to no good again. Always running around here with that little coat, you know. He think he's special, you know. And I'm sure that Joseph also felt the favor, right? I'm sure that he felt the favor. I'm sure that he... Uh, um, walked around in the favor and you know the Bible doesn't say this but you know you know come on if 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 your parents spoil you over your over your siblings come on you can't tell me that you can't tell me that this kid ain't walking around with his chest out acting like you know he ain't got nothing going on wrong with him you know if if you know your daddy favor you over all your brothers and these are your brothers they older than you you know <coughs> excuse me they're older than you they are um <clears throat> they are older they got more experience they've been uh, knowing his father longer than he have, working for his father longer than he have. So, that you know, <sighs> Joseph was a kid that was favored, and I'm sure there was a level of pride in there somewhere. Okay, 
I mean, come on. I got I got different clothes than y'all got. I got a different outfit than y'all got. Y'all got them dirty rags, and I got on this coat of many colors. You know what I'm saying? Y'all got on Pilly Pilly, and I got on, you know, Gucci. <laughs> you know, let's let's make it modern here. Y'all got on, you know, oh, Lord, I better not call out that. I was just about to call out one name. I'm going to say it anyway. Y'all got on, you know, I better not say that because I'll get in trouble. Amen. <laughs> Y'all got on stuff that's not name brand. And I'm walking around here and I got on, you know, Louis. You know, I got on the, the, the latest. I got on something that's worth more than what you're wearing. And, yeah, I look good in my coat of many colors, you know. I look good in my little outfit. Yeah, you know, stunting, you know. I'm I, Hey, yeah, stunting. You know, my daddy loved me and he's showing me he loved me. And I got on my coat of many colors. Yeah. Okay, and the problem here is that these brothers see that Joseph is favored over them. And the Bible says, the Bible didn't say that they disliked him. The Bible uses a specific word. It says they hated him. Hate is such a strong word. It really is. But that's the word that um, the scripture uses. Now. Let's talk about this because Joseph not only has his favor from his dad, but he also has a spiritual gift. He's a dreamer. And he's a dreamer with the ability to interpret the dreams. So not only is he favored, but while he out with his brothers and they working and things like this and, and, and they're um, toiling and stuff like this, you know, Joseph's like, hey, y'all, what's up? You know, I had a dream the other night. And guess what happened in the dream? <laughs> like, they already don't like him. And then he talking too much. You know, like you, 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 you got these dreams and we're going to get into this. But let me say this first. Listen. You've got to be careful of when and who you share your dreams with. Not everybody, and when I say when, I say, I'm saying it like when you share it, because not everybody is prepared for what God has shown you concerning your life and concerning theirs. Because in the dreams, it shows two positions. It shows Joseph's position as, as you know, you know, ruler or head over them or above them. And it shows them bowing. If you're not familiar with the dreams, you know, the dreams basically, um, you know, what the first dream, Joseph said that we all got done working. We gathered up our, our sheaves of, of wheat. We've collected, you know, our wheat from the field. And all y'all's all y'all's sheaves of wheat, you know, they, what they would do is they would bind up the sheaves together with some type of cord. They would tie them together. And 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 so in the dream, Joseph's like, yeah, y'all sheaves bowed before mine in obeisance. The word that was used in verse seven is obeisance, which which is another word for reverence or worship. Basically, Joseph was saying, you, you know, what y'all what y'all gathered to do or the work that y'all did still not. It, 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 it paid reverence to my work. It paid reverence to me. 
And the Bible says, verse 8, his brothers hated him even more due to the dream. And their mindset is, hey, so you're you going to rule over us? You're going to be the boss? You're you going to be the boss? You boss man? Now, as I was getting ready to say a couple seconds ago, you got to be careful when and who you share your dreams with. Why? Because this particular dream that he shared, to them, it was disrespectful. Why? Number one, you the baby boy. You're not the oldest. So, you know, you basically saying that we're going to bow down to you. You a child. You know, you a teenager. We grown out here. We've been working for daddy for God knows how long. We've been, you know, we've been with him through everything. And here you come talking about we're going to bow before you. Like, you, you tripping, little bro. You tripping. You tripping hard. And it caused them to hate him. So now, now, this is what trips me out even more. The boy ain't caught on to the hate yet. That's what trips me out about it. Like, you know, me, I, I think I would have, you know, I would have kind of felt that like, oh, they don't like me, you know. But maybe I wouldn't have. I don't know. This is why I believe that in this case, Joseph was operating more so in pride than wisdom. Because, you know, you, you got all these older brothers and they don't like you and you still talking. Now you're going to share another dream, Lord help. <laughs> now you're going to share another dream. And you're going to say that um, the sun and the moon and the stars all bowed before me. Huh? Like, <laughs> you know, and this is the dream that he shares with his father as well. The second one. So even his father is like, so what you trying to say? You trying to say I, your, your brother's the stars, I'm the I'm the moon, you know, your mama the sun, you, we all going to end up worshiping you? You know, the Bible says that Jacob rebuked him, but it also says that Jacob observed the dream or he 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 thought on it. And this is why I said what I said. You got to be careful who you share your dreams with, and when you share your dreams. Because uh, uh, some people are not ready to see what God has for you. Some folks, they can't see you past where you are right now. They can't see you past you being the snot-nosed kid running around getting in the way with this pretty coat on. Some folks can't see you past your area of struggle. Or, or some people can't see you past the area where it looks like you're a little more blessed than everyone else. You have to be very careful who you share your dreams with because not everyone wants what's best for you and not everybody wants to see the dream that God gave you fulfilled. Some people they got something against you anyway and you sitting up there and talking about well the Lord showed me that I'm going to be this and I'm going to be that. Some folk not ready for it. Some folks going to have an issue with you and they going to have an issue with you because it's you. Also you got to be careful about when you share your dreams because you know at that particular time Jacob didn't understand it and his brothers didn't understand it either. You know, every, and I have to say this because this is something that happens so often. It happens so often in, um, you know, 
prophetic circles. It happens so often in, you know, in church and, and things dealing with the body of Christ. Some folks just can't hold water and they'll get a little something from God or they'll get a little word from God and they think they're supposed to get on Facebook and do a live and just share everything God show them. They get on Instagram on a live or they get them a YouTube channel and they think they're supposed to share everything that God told them. And a lot of times, some of the things God is sharing is not for you to share with everybody else. Ain't nobody going to say amen, but it's cool. Listen, just because the Lord reveals it to you or shows it to you does not mean that it's for everyone. I'll give give an example. And uh, Lord have mercy. Uh, I'll give an example. When my father was going through his illness, I had a dream. Um, I had a dream when I was on vacation. I went on vacation and I had a dream that my father died in my arms. And I woke up and I was, man, I was in tears. I was crying. And I'm like, no, no, this can't be the Lord. You know, this, this is just my imagination, this and that. And no lie. The only thing that was different between the dream I had and when he passed was the fact that we uh, made sure when things was going down, we made sure to get the proper medical personnel to get him to the hospital. But the Lord had already showed me that he was going to go on. Did I share that with my brothers before it happened? No. Did I share it with my mom before it happened? No. Who wants to hear that at that time period? Sometimes we have prophetic uh, dreams and prophetic things that God is showing us and we don't have the maturity to say, I'm going to sit on it and just pray. No, we want to want to look like we the grandest prophet in the world and we want to walk around hands over hips the Lord thus said the Lord everything God show you not for everybody to know amen hallelujah so Joseph shared these dreams and all he did was increase the hate against him these brothers don't like him you know they don't like him The Bible even talks about, uh, later on in the scripture text, it even talks about how they called him a dreamer. Um, The the, the brothers were out, um, they were supposed to be in a certain part, it was supposed to be in Shechem, um, watching the flocks. You know, Jacob sends Joseph to check on him. That's already a disrespect as it is. You send the youngest boy to check on us like he the supervisor, you know. So... Joseph runs out to Shechem. They're not there. Um, some random man, <laughs> and it is random. That's what I'm telling you. It's in the scripture. Some random man says, hey, they're actually in Dothan. Amen. Dothan. God bless Dothan. Amen. They're in Dothan. Okay. Joseph finally gets to him, and the terminology they use, they said, behold, the dreamer cometh. Uh, they basically mocking him like, here go this dreamer, and he on his way. Now, you know, I'm sure when they saw him, you know, he saw them, and he was like, hey, y'all, hey, hey, you know, whatever. And it was like, 
I'm so sick of this little dude. Like, I'm tired of this little dude. Uh, he, look, number one, the brother's not even where they where they were go, supposed to be. They're supposed to be at Shechem. They went to another location. So this this implies that they knew that they was that that Jacob was gonna send Joseph to check on them. So they're like, we're going to go somewhere else where we can't be found. We're going to do what we want to do. You know, Joseph don't run us, you know. And in their eyes, they had issues with Jacob. See, that's the other thing about favoritism. It, it, it causes, it, it can promote, let's put it that way. It can promote insubordination, you know. It can promote portrayal. So, you know, these boys like, we're going to take these flocks where we want to take them at. No, forget Shechem. They ain't got no grazing out here for real. We're gonna take, we're gonna take these flocks over here to um to Dothan. All right. Joseph shows up and the brother said, How about we just go ahead and kill him and we'll see what happened to his dreams? There it is, right there. They they said we don't get we don't care about them dreams if we kill him right now. What what gonna happen? How how we he will be a false prophet if we go ahead and stab him. He'll be a false prophet if we go ahead and take him out, my lord. Let's let's kill him. Verse twenty in thirty chapter thirty seven. Let's kill him and see what happens to his dreams. The only person that stood up for my boy Joseph was the oldest, Reuben. Reuben's like no. How about we put him in the pit? Reuben got a little backup plan because Reuben understands something. Reuben understands, number one, that he's going to be the next in line. He's the oldest. He understands he's going to be the next in line to carry on things. And he, it, like, like, you know, he's like, nah, we don't, we don't need to, we don't need to kill him. You know, he's our brother. You know what I mean? But we'll put him in the pit. And, you know, Reuben's intentions is to wait until everybody sleep. He's going to pull him out of the pit and take him back to his daddy. The brothers agreed. And they said, okay, we'll put him in the pit. Okay. Joseph is thrown into a pit. Now, that pit, you know, I know, I know, I know. Everybody likes to preach this. And they like, you know, people got grand revelations about the pit, you know. The pit, you know, and it represents this and represents that. I'm just going to tell you from, from this teaching that I'm coming from, the pit is the pit. He in, a, he in a pit, he can't climb out. His brothers threw him in there. Okay. And the Bible says that there were traders and merchantmen that were traveling through that area. And... The brothers are like, okay, why would we, we can make a profit off of them. You know, we can, we can make a little money instead of, instead of killing them. How about we come up? How about we get us a little bag? How about we come up here? This a lick, you know, that's, that's what we say in the streets. You know, this a lick right here. You know, these merchant men, they deal in slaves. They trade slaves. We can sell them, you know, and we can get us a little bread. Now, I don't know, you know, when it comes to currency in the Bible days and, you know, how that works, you know, things matter differently than they do now. But they sold their brother. They sold him for some pieces of silver. Sold him to the traders, to the traders, and the traders take him on down to Egypt so they can sell him to 
some to the slave traders or to someone in Egypt. Now, here we are. Before I continue, let's look at this. Here we are. His brothers are wrong. Everybody see that. Everybody knows that. His brothers are wrong. They're wrong because even though their daddy do love him more than them, you don't do that type of stuff to your brother. You're not supposed to. It's like, this your blood. This your family. How in the world you gonna sit up there and sell uh, uh, your own brother out to be a slave, you know, because you jealous. And and a lot of us on the outside, we like, I can't believe they did that. They wrote for that and this and that. But let me tell you something. Let me help you out with this. I'm gonna give you some prophetic help here you ready joseph represented the future my god thank you joseph represents the future joseph had to be put in position ahead of time thank god you have to see it from 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 the prophetic standpoint here this is a word for somebody out there that's listening what happened to you had to happen to put you in position because what the brothers don't know is they gonna need joseph later and where they sent him to I'm trying not to get too happy here. What they sent him to was where they would end up needing him. Man, what happened to you hurt? I know. What happened to you hurt your heart? It, it broke your heart. It made you feel like you were isolated and alone. All you did was obey God. Uh, you couldn't explain the favor on your life. You can't explain the dealings of God that God has put on you. You can't explain the assignment and, and, and the, the, the heart of God that God has put in you. And folks have rejected you. Folks have betrayed you, stabbed you in the back. They claim that they love you. But whenever time came to push you in a position of, 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 of bondage, to throw you away, to throw you somewhere and put you in a place and you looking behind you like, I can't believe they did this to me it had to happen because some of you are the future and betrayal in the hands of God is actually positioned for the future I feel the Holy Ghost my God my Shia thank you great Jesus we sitting up here we mad because folk done betrayed us, folk done misled us. We mad because folks done did us this way and did us that way. We mad because we don't understand why we went through what we went through. We're dealing with resentment issues and unforgiveness and all of these things. And the whole time, God is trying to use what you've been through to help the very folks that stabbed you in the back. Joseph represents the future. The brothers thought that they was getting back at Joseph and punishing Joseph. And the whole time, they were actually sending him ahead. Whew. Whew. Thank God. They were actually sending him ahead. Because later on, they're going to need him. 
So, I'm trying not to get too happy. Lord have mercy. This is good to me. I, this is good to me. You have to do like, and, and, and this is what I'm going to step into next. Watch this. Can God trust you to not be petty? Can God trust you to forgive? Watch this. Now Joseph is a slave. And Joseph did not let what happened to him cause him to leave God. If you look in the text, you will see that Joseph... Uh, was put in a position with Potiphar, my God, and, and, and Potiphar's house was favored because of Joseph. And Joseph, in his position given to him by Potiphar, even though he was a slave, he understood, I still represent God. So when Potiphar's wife, everybody know about Potiphar's wife. If you don't know, you about to know. Potiphar's wife sees him, the favor of God on him, the anointing on him, and part of our wife said, I want some of that. And we're not talking about the anointing either. <laughs> I'm sip my drink, my, my, my water on that note. Amen. We ain't talking about no anointing. She said, I want some of that. That boy right there, I want some of that. Bible says it. Says she kept, she kept adding, lay with me, lie with me. Come on, spend, lay down with me, lay down with me. And you know, the Bible uses that term, but y'all know what y'all know what she talking about. We all know what she talking about. She trying to get a piece of Joseph because, listen, listen, Lord help, hey, my God. You have to be careful when you're anointed because there'll be people that that it's not about them wanting the piece of the anointing. They just want to see if they can contaminate what God got on you. And Joseph's like, no, like I'm already a slave. Your husband didn't make me second in command under him over his whole house. You know, why would I betray? And then didn't say that he would betray just he, he said that about Potiphar. But then he also said, but why would I betray God? This shows you that this young man did not change his views of God because of where he ended up. See, we have problems nowadays. Our problem is when we end up in an unfavorable place, when we end up in a place of bitterness and resentment, our relationship with God changes. Now, all of a sudden, we don't want to believe no more. Now, all of a sudden, we atheists. Now, all of a sudden, we agnostics. Now, all of a sudden, we don't believe that God has our best interests at heart. Now, all of a sudden, we hate God. But Joseph didn't let that happen to him. He understood, regardless of what go on, God is still good, and God is still in control. And I'm not going to get over here, way over here with all this favor on my life, and act stupid. I'm going to act like I got some sense. I'm not going to touch this man wife and I'm not going to do this with this man wife because I can't sin against God. Can God trust you with betrayal? Can God trust you with 
And it's the worst type of betrayal. This ain't betrayal from a friend. This is betrayal from family. These his brothers. These guys that he looked up to. These guys that's his role model. Models. These are guys that he, uh, uh, you know, dealt with, ate food with, uh, been around, worked with, lived with, grew up around. These his big brothers. And he still didn't let that betrayal of them. After he shared with them his dreams. After he shared with them what God showed him. After they did all those things to him. He still did not change his dedication to God. That's the question. This, that's a good question. I'll ask it again. Can God trust you with betrayal? Are you going to leave God because they did you wrong? Are you going to leave God because your family did you wrong? Your friends, your loved ones, your homeboy, your homegirl? The ones you thought, and, and guess what? It always seems to be the people you would never expect it from. Am I right? Am I right? Amen. You always, it, it always seems to be the person that you least expect it from. Like, you know, these, you know, people that you help, that you show things to, that you praying for, folks that you love on, all of these things, and them be the ones a lot of times. Not every time. But a lot of times, them be the ones. Oh, excuse me. Let me say it the right way. Those are the people that turn their back on you a lot of times. Them be the ones. Your own family. And this young man did not change his view of God because he was betrayed. Now, why is that important? Because when we fast forward the story, and I'm going to get there in a second because I want to walk through this. I want to make sure you hear this. When we walk through the story, that same family that betrayed him going to need him again. So here we go. Let's, let's move on with the story because I love the story of Joseph. And I just, I just want to make sure we, we look at these nuggets here and we, we bring out the, the, these, different, these different things um, that, that, that we can glean from. Now, Potiphar tried him. You know how we say it in the streets. You know, Potiphar tried him. Excuse me, not Potiphar. Potiphar's wife tried him. Potiphar's wife tried him twice. He rejected him. His garment falls off when he's trying to get away from her. So how does his garment come off unless old girl was super aggressive? She done put her hands on him. She's like, come here, boy. Come here. You know, she, she you know, she, <laughs> I can't, I don't want to say cougar. <laughs> I get in trouble for saying that. I'm not going to say she was a cougar. I ain't going to say that. But I will say that she was at my boy. She wanted Joseph. And I guess they got hemmed up one time. He was walking through the house, and she, she was slick. The Bible says wasn't nobody in the house but him and her. He was doing his work, and she just happened to be walking through, and she probably knew what was going on. Ain't no telling what went on. Man, Potiphar's wife probably told them to leave. She probably, y'all go out in the field and do something, eh, whatever. Potiphar, pot, uh, excuse me, Joseph just working, you know. He working, minding his own business, you know. And the Bible says she walked up on him and was like, hey, come here, young buck. 
give me some of that. Come here. <laughs> and Joseph like, no, I can't do that. I'm not going to betray this man, and this man doesn't bless me and help me. See, this, this is how you know that you've healed from betrayal because you don't try to take every opportunity to do it to others. <laughs> People that's not healed from betrayal will betray you. What's the saying? Hurt people hurt people. He didn't take the opportunity to stab this man in the back. He said, no, ma'am, I don't want no parts. But they had a little entanglement. Dun, 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 dun. He was trying to get away from her, and the garment comes off, and so she got the garment in her hands. So I guess her little pride was hurt, you know. I, 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 I guess her little, you know, he, he don't want me. I don't know why he don't want I guess she had an attitude. I don't know. But she got mad, and so she called her guard. Look, look, I got his garment. He tried me. He tried me. And, you know, because Joseph is a slave, and she's the wife of, the, of Potiphar, which at the time Potiphar is second in command to Pharaoh, my boy got to go to jail. So he done went from the pit to slavery to prison. Like, Joseph was a special dude, man. <laughs> he went from being betrayed by his family to being lied on by this man's wife. And now he's in prison. And let, let, let me go ahead and minister to those of you that are in a place right now where you're uh, where you've been falsely accused or you're having to to you feel as if you're at rock bottom and you're having to start over and you feel like uh, you've been slighted. Let, let me let me minister to you. If you look at this story, listen, Joseph still had favor on his life, even in prison. It didn't matter no, where they put Joseph. God's hand was still on it. And I got a word for you. It don't matter where they put you at. God's hand is still on your life. Joseph still favored. He's so favored that the, the warden of the prison let him run the day-to-day -day operations. And the warden of the prison don't even come down there. It's in the word. It's in the scripture. You know, like, he in there like, you know, running the prison, minding his own business, you know, doing what, do, just, just being favored by the Lord. And there we go again. The favor of God has placed him and put him in a favorable position. Listen, just because you're not where you think you should be does not mean that God still can't use you in the place where you are. Prime example, Joseph is in prison and we got two men that work for Pharaoh that ends up in, in prison with him. The Bible says that Pharaoh was hot with these two guys and Pharaoh sent them both to jail, sent them both to prison. One was the cupbearer for Pharaoh, and the other one was the baker for Pharaoh. Both of them had positions of influence, but they all—they both ended up in prison. And here comes Joseph. 
he's given the the uh, the charge to watch over them. He's given the charge to make sure that they straight and they stay. Because at the end of the day, they still are a part of Pharaoh's court. So we got to make sure that we treat them right. Even though it is prison, we got to make sure we treat them right. Joseph is given the charge by the warden, the man over the prison. He said, hey, make sure they straight. Make sure you take care of them. Joseph's like fine, you know, because Joseph, out of all this, his relationship with God is still intact. I don't know how, good God, after all he done been through, you know, because that situation with Potiphar's wife, I'm just going to step back for a little bit just to talk about that. Him honoring God and not sleeping with this man's wife, it gets him ended up in prison. Have you ever felt like you did right by folks and you still ended up in a bad place? Have you ever been there where you was like, God, I did what I was supposed to do and I still ended up in prison? I did, I honored your word. I stood for what you, I tithed. I, I sowed my seed. I, I made sure I was in the house of God. I made sure to keep my prayer life intact. I did everything I was supposed to do right. And here I am still in a bad place. And the Bible says, even in the bad place, Joseph prospered. Why? Because the hand of the Lord was still on him. Obviously, Joseph's relationship with God did not change because of the circumstances he was in. And the events that happen. Come on, y'all. Let's be real. Let's be real. Come on, let's be real. If that would have happened to some of us, we would have been like, uh, God, I did everything I was supposed to. And, and, and let's just be for real. It has happened to a lot of us. A lot of us, I, in, 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 in our dealings within uh, life, in our dealings within, uh, with people and things like that, we've been slighted. We've been slighted. Uh, folks have done us wrong and folks have lied on us, portrayed us, told our business to folks, uh, uh, you know, raised up other folks against us, them betrayed us, then didn't tell they said, my Lord, did, that, that's what that was with Potiphar's wife. She didn't even tell the whole story. She didn't even tell the truth. She, she lied. This man tried to rape me. That ain't what happened. But here go Joseph. He couldn't even tell his side of the story because he a slave. And guess what? Now he's in prison. Some of us know the truth. And folks out here lying on us, lying on what happened, telling their side of the story, not telling the whole thing. And... We like, man, I'm done with this because I'm done. You come on. Come on. Let's just be for real. I'm done being a good guy. I'm done being a nice guy. I'm done protecting folk. I'm done. I just. Look, the next look, the next subliminal that I see on Facebook, the next little jokey joke, the next little subliminal post, the next little this and that, I'm going to expose everything. Let's just be for real. That's what spirit we operate in sometimes. I'm going to expose the whole thing. They think they're going to talk about me. Okay. I'm going to get I'm going to make sure everybody know what they really dealing with. Joseph did not do that. Joseph is in prison. Still favored by God and still having a relationship with God. Man, this is good. 
and not all, and this is how this is how we know that his relationship with God grew and was intact because what started out at 17 years old with dreams now not only does he ha- not only is we we, we the, the gift has grown now he has the ability to interpret dreams it's right there in the scripture here we go the cupbearer and the baker they both have they both have dreams and the bible says that they were they were kind of sad they in the prison kind of sad so you know joseph's like what's wrong you know what's wrong with you guys and the cupbearer uh and the the, the cupbearer said i had a dream and i it got me feeling a certain type of way i don't understand it you know and I, i'm trying to figure out what's going on with the dream so joseph was like the uh, interpretations of dreams, all that belongs to the Lord. Tell it to me, you know. So he already, he, he's operating in his spiritual gift even after all he's been through. He still maintained his ability to grow and mature in God after everything he's been through. Because he was just looking at the dreams when he was a kid. He was just having them and sharing them. He didn't say what they meant. He just told his brothers and his brothers got mad. But now he's in a place now where he said the interpretation belongs to God. So tell me, he has a relationship with God that's so good. He knows that once he hear the dream, God going to let him know what the dream means. This is the evidence that his relationship with God didn't go down, but it actually grew. Because his spiritual gift intensif- his spiritual gift, excuse me, intensified. It did. It, it, he didn't ignore. He didn't ignore God, and he didn't turn his back on God. In fact, he gave God the glory. He said, "God can interpret this dream." So talk to me. Here comes a cupbearer. <sighs> you know, in my dream, you know, he tells him the dream. In my dream. Um, Got, there's a vine, there's there's three branches, you know, and there's grapes on these three branches. In my dream, I see myself squeezing the, the, the grapes, squeezing the wine out of the grapes into Pharaoh's cup. And Joseph says, okay, um, here's the meaning of your dream. In three days, Pharaoh going to lift your head up and he going to restore you back to your position. As a cupbearer, God's going to put you back in position where you were. Okay? All right. And 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 here's the thing that let's throw this in there. Joseph also told him when you get restored, um don't forget about me, okay? When you get when you get back in your position, please remember me. I'm down here in this prison and you know, I ain't even supposed to be here for real. You know, so don't forget about me, okay? All right. And then here comes the baker. Well, since you interpreted his dream, what you got for me, you know? And so the baker says, you know, I had three baskets of bread on my head, but there were birds eating the bread off of the baskets on my head. And Joseph told him, uh... Three baskets represents three days. In three days, the Lord going to lift up your head. But your end is not that favorable, sir. You, you're not going to, after them three days, Pharaoh going to lift up your head. and you, 
it'll be it's gonna be over with for you. It's not gonna be favorable. You're gonna end up being put to death. And the scripture tells us, it's right there in the word, like <laughs> after the course of three days, it was Pharaoh's birthday. And Pharaoh lifted up the cupbearer and restored him and punished the baker. Now, what's the significance of this? Joseph operated in his gift in his low place. He still kept the integrity of his gift in his low place. A lot of times when we get in an in a unfavorable place or in a low place, we like to cut corners and we don't like to operate in integrity and moral and, and moral integrity. Joseph, he told him them dreams. He didn't want to, but he did. Especially, I'm sure that second one, I'm sure he didn't want to share that, but he did. And the only thing he requested from him was, hey, don't forget about me, okay? Don't forget about me. All right. Bible says that years went by. And obviously, the cupbearer had forgot about him. And you, you, you've got to understand that there will be times and seasons where you'll just have to sit still in a low place and trust the Lord and grow in God. See, I I don't believe that Joseph was just down there, you know, boohooing and crying and all that. I don't believe that. I believe in that low place, God was shaping him and molding him, helping him spiritually. Because when the time came, when Pharaoh, everybody knows when Pharaoh had them weird dreams. When Pharaoh had those dreams about the lean, the lean cows and the healthy, healthy cows, the, uh, the, 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 the ears of corn that were nasty and weren't ripe, and then the, the, the ears of corn that were healthy and ripe. When those dreams come, when those dreams came, the Bible says that nobody could interpret them. All the magicians that Pharaoh had, all these astronomers, all of these astrologists, all of these uh, uh, um, sorcerers, all of these men that knew the magic arts, and they could not interpret his dream. And God reserves the interpretation for this little guy in this prison. You can't tell me that God is not strategic in how he does things. Because Joseph down there in the prison minding his own business, and next thing you know, the cupbearer was like, if you don't mind me suggesting, he was like, if you don't, if you don't mind me suggesting, uh, great Pharaoh, sir, when I was in prison, when you was mad at me, you know, when you was mad at me and put me in prison, I ran across this kid, this 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 um this this slave, this prisoner down here, and he interpreted my dream and the baker. Remember the baker? You was mad with both of us, but he ain't here no more, you know. <laughs> you know, he interpreted my dream and um he told me that you was gonna restore me. And as you can see, I'm here. 
He was like, this guy right here, with, with the spirit of God in him, he was able to interpret my dream and place me here. And, and, and excuse me, and I'm not place me here, but I'm here because of what he saw. He ain't no lying prophet. He ain't no lying, you know, he know he knows something because you restored me just like he said. And so Pharaoh says, bring him. You know, Joseph down there minding his own business, you know, and the Bible says they washed him, they bathed him, they snatched him up and took him before Pharaoh. <laughs> it just this story is just so dope to me because you never know when the Lord going to say, okay, it's time. Come on. It's time to raise you up. You never know when you're, when you're in your low place, you never know when the Lord is going to say, all right, let's flip these tables now. You know, sometimes, sometimes we, we that, that's, that be what, what's wrong with us. I know if I'm going, I'm going to be a witness. I'm talking about me. Sometimes we want to know when God going to do it. It's going to be five years. It's going to be 10 years. You're going to do this in six months. Like when is thing, when are things going to change? You know, when are things going to work out for me? When are you going to elevate me? I hear, I hear about elevation. I've seen these dreams where you have me elevated. I got a word. I got a dream. I got a prophetic uh, uh, utterance but ain't nothing happened yet when you gonna do it and the word for you is you don't know when he gonna do it that's why you have to stay faithful in the low place this is why you have to stay uh, morally intact in the low place this is where you have to be committed even in the low place because now watch this now Joseph is looking Pharaoh in the face. He went from being a prisoner to now standing in front of Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said, you know, I, I hear that you can interpret dreams. So let me share my dreams with you. And let me hear what's going on. You, 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 since you got the spirit of God. You know, tell it to me. And, and you know, Joseph, it, it amazes me. Every time we turn around, whenever God getting ready to use Joseph, Joseph always reverence the power of God. Even in front of Pharaoh, he said, I can't interpret it, but God can. And if God will allow me, I'll interpret your dream. He basically disrespected Pharaoh. Pharaoh is supposed, you know, Pharaoh is the represent, representation of God incarnate to the Egyptians. You know, they worshiped him as an incarnate God, you know, as Ra. And here we are. This boy up here talking about my God going to give me the interpretation. He disrespected not just Pharaoh, but all them sorcerers and all them magicians and all those astrologers and all of those educated men. This boy ain't educated. This boy ain't, he ain't got no formal education. He's the son of a sheep herder. He's the son of, of, of Israel. All they've been doing is keeping flocks. They Hebrews. That's all you know. This boy stand in front of him and say, my God is going to give the interpretation. And Pharaoh said, okay. So, here's my dream. And he explains his dreams to Joseph. And Joseph says, 
God trying to show you what he's getting ready to do. Mm, I feel the Holy Ghost. God trying to show you what he's fixing to do. He said, y'all know the story. Seven good cows, seven nice looking cows of the seven years uh, uh, of 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 prosperity, and then these uh, lean, ugly, nasty-looking cows. These represent seven years of famine, and and the Lord's trying to show you that the famine is going to be greater than you think it is, because those little ugly cows then ate up the big cows. Joseph's letting them know, hey, this is going to be big. It's going to be so big that the famine could, in fact, bring Egypt to its knees. God's trying to show you something and trying to show you that if you don't do something, this famine that's coming is going to bring Egypt down. And Pharaoh's like, well, what do we need to do? Since you now you done interpreted the dream, you know what God's saying. So now you're going to have to tell us what we need to do. My Lord. God will use a, a specific time, a gateway, a portal, an opening, a time frame to put you in position to not only use the gift of God to show what God is doing, but to also prophetically align a place and put it together so that more people would not suffer. See, this is why... Whew, this is why I this this is why this is called helping my haters. This is why I asked the question at the start of the podcast. Can God trust you with betrayal? Because if it were not for this boy staying at the feet of God and keeping his heart pure, he would not been able to help Pharaoh and in essence, not be able to help the the the, uh, the lands around him. The famine didn't just hit Egypt. The famine hit around uh, lands around them. The famine hit everywhere. It wasn't just Egypt that went through the famine. Everybody did. And the the, the man of God, Joseph, says, "You need to appoint someone." My God, he's giving prophetic instructions to to a man that is in rulership. See, this is why. You, I love that. I love this. You know, Apostle Stevenson talks about this all the time. You need a prophetic voice, even in the kingdom, even in government, even in those those uh, 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 in, even in those places of political power. You need the prophet because this boy taught Pharaoh or gave him instructions that saved Egypt and not just Egypt, saved the lands around them. He said, you need to appoint somebody to take an amount of what you gather in the years of plenty. You're going to have seven years of plenty. Somebody got to take, a, you got to have somebody in charge that stores up a percentage of the grain, stores up a percentage of the, of the, of the surplus, stores up a percentage of the, of, of, of the extra. This is, this is, um, a good example of stewardship because Joseph was teaching. He's saying, hey, we're going to have a year, seven years of plenty. And with that plenty, you're going to have extra. You're going to have more than enough. You're going to have an abundance. So why not take some of the abundance and store it? Why not take some of the abundance and put it to the side? Because once you put it to the side, when the seven years of famine come, we'll have something, in the, we'll have something to go to. You need to set somebody up. 
that can build these barns and build these huts or whatever they were. Build these buildings where they can store grain, where they can store the extra. And then when the time comes, you'll be ready. And what, what Pharaoh said, okay then. Then it looked like you need to be the one in charge of that. Bible says he looked at me and said, Who else we gonna find the spirit of who else we gonna find the spirit of God in? Who else got the spirit of God like this this guy right here? Who else I'ma trust with it? I'ma trust him because he got the spirit of God. Because he is called by God and he kept his relationship intact with God. Listen to me. This is why you can't let betrayal taint you. This is why you can't let rejection taint your spirit. Because when it's time for God to put you in position, if your heart is not pure, and if you're full of bitterness, you won't be able to help people. And the elevation can't come if you're sitting up there being bitter. Things would have been so different if Joseph would have got to that prison and said, I'm done with God. I'm done with this. I done did right by this man's wife and still end up in prison. Did, did right by my own family and still end up uh, being a slave. I'm done with this whole uh, Adonai, Yahweh, worshiping thing. I'm done because I ain't got no proof that God done did anything for me other than me getting into more trouble. The Lord elevated him. Joseph said, excuse me, Pharaoh said, I'm putting you in charge. And can't nobody, you second to me. They got to bow to you. What? They go that dream. They go that dream. They got to bow to you. They got to prostrate themselves in front of you. Gave it, the Bible says he gave him a ring. He said, with this ring, he said, and, and he changed his name. He gave him a new name. Gave him an Egyptian name. Zaphanapanea. And gave him a wife. This man, Joseph got elevated and married in the same, like, it all in the same scene here. This man ends up going from being a prisoner to a second in command with a wife. Man, I love this story here. Come on, man. Look at what God did for the boy. Because he kept his heart pure for, towards God. I know that they did you wrong. But if you let what they did influence your heart, you'll miss out what God got for, on what God got in store for you. And there you is wanting to be, and then and, and we ain't even got to the, we ain't even got to the, the the part where these boys actually had to show up in front of Joseph. See, see, once, 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 uh, once Pharaoh gave him. The go-ahead, you know, gave him the approval, elevated him, all of that. Joseph did what he was supposed to do. He was an honorable man. He stored. He stored a percentage of the um, of the grain in the abundant years. He did everything that he was supposed to do. Built, you know, you know, built the buildings. You know, had everything in order. 
when the famine came, the Bible says the famine came and it affected lands around Egypt. It wasn't just Egypt. The famine hit everywhere. Everybody was without food. And the famine had reached so far, it reached all the way out there to Jacob and them house to where his brothers was. And you know, you know, they, they have flocks. So in order to feed the sheep and to keep the herds alive we got to have food and so Jacob sends his boys to Egypt to get food and lo and behold who's in charge Joseph <laughs> and Joseph his spirit has not been tainted so Joseph sits in front of them, and he know who they are. I mean, come on, he know what Hebrews look like. He know he know what they look. He know what the Hebrews look like because you know he was one of them. He know what they dress like. You know, he know how they carry themselves. He looked at him. He said, "Ooh, these my brother." You know, and he was so concerned. He said. I want to know if my daddy alive. You know, he trying to find out different things. So, you know, we know about the tests that Joseph put them through. It wasn't just about his heart changing. He wanted to see the day heart change. <clears throat> and then, as you know, as the story goes, they finally were re reunited. Um, he revealed to them who he was. Them brothers felt horrible. Them brothers... It's like, man, you were supposed to punish us. We supposed to be slaves right now. And he moves them into the land, into a land where they could be closer to him. They prosper. And here's the thing that I love about the whole the whole story. And and I'm done. I, I I've gone longer than I normally go. Uh, thank you for listening. But check this out. Jacob ends up dying. And the brothers still question the intent and motives of Joseph. So when Jacob dies and he's buried, the brothers run up there to Joseph and said, please don't kill us. Their thought process is he only kept us alive for, for his daddy. Now that his daddy gone, you know, because his daddy favored him so much. Now that his daddy gone, he going to get us back for how we betrayed him, you know. And so then their mind, they're like, oh, please, please don't, please don't punish us. Make, just make, they, look, they were so scared. They said, don't kill us. Just make us slaves. We'll be slaves. That's cool. We understand we did you wrong. We know that what we did was horrible, but don't kill us. Make us slaves. And Joseph like, nah, nah, man not doing that he said what you meant to do to me was evil but God turned it to use it to save many alive I said this on the last episode and I've said this a, uh, a few times in preaching when I've ministered uh, this year there is just something about this word that I want you to grasp and you've got to hold on to it's bigger than me. It's bigger than me. What God is doing in my life, it's bigger than 
my little hurt and my little betrayal and, and, and what I went through. It's bigger than me. Hallelujah. So <clears throat> what we're doing when we're harboring resentment and harboring bitterness and unforgiveness, we're being selfish because God is trying to help you work through that so your spirit can stay pure. So when the time comes, the very folk that dogged you out, talked about you, treated you like foolishness, all those things that they did, when it's time for them to have an experience with God and you be the conduit of his love, you ain't going to be a petty person. Petty patty. I ain't helping them. I ain't preaching at that church. I ain't going to give. I'm not going to sow into them. Look how they did me. I ain't gonna I ain't gonna help them. I'm not praying for them. Look how they did me. It's bigger than you. Joseph said, what you meant to do, what you what you tried to do, you meant evil. Yeah, you meant evil, Toby. But God turned it around for the for my good. And not just for my good, but to save many lives. It's bigger than you. It's bigger than me. It's bigger than that. That's a word for you. It's bigger than that. Unforgiveness makes you look small. Unforgiveness makes you makes you minimal. It, it, it lowers the, the usage and, and the potential in your life. You got to grasp that. God wants to put you in position to save the lives of the folks that didn't understand you. To save the lives of the folks that talked about you and dog you out because you a tongue talker and because you a prayer warrior and because you an intercessor. God wants to put you in position to reach back and grab them. But if you let pettiness, unforgiveness, and all that other stuff consume your spirit and taint your heart, you can't be used. It's bigger than you God want to put you in position to help your haters them boys hated that boy them brothers hated Joseph and guess how it turned around he still made sure they had food and he made sure that they were alive and they prospered can God trust you with betrayal? Can God trust you with rejection? Can God trust you? Will you go through the process and not let what happened to you control the way that you uh, 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 operate in your relationship with God? And not just relationship with God, but the way that you operate when it deals with people. Can God trust you? It's heavy, but it's the word of the Lord. I love y'all. I appreciate y'all for listening. And uh, man, it's Raymond for lunch. Blessings. Flow beats did